This is In Search of the Pluriverse. We are Sophie Creer and Eric Wong. Join us on our quest for a world in which many worlds fit. We were invited by Het Nieuwe Instituut to be the first curators of their traveling academy. You can follow us online at pluriverse.hetnieuweinstituut.nl Sunday evening, September 5, on my way to John and Linda Cameron. They live up the hill, number one, Nakwolgen. And I'm reading um, a sun just set, beautiful sunset. And on the gate, it says, this is not a wild camping area. If you stay, you pay. And above that, another A4 notice saying, space for camper vans, motorhomes available through gate and ask at house. Also parking for beaches available beside house. Keep our roads clear for large vehicle access. And you might be hearing the large vehicle in the background. That's the um, tractor, John's tractor. How for you? It's so dark. Oh. How, how can you still see anything? <laughs> and you drive, you drive backwards in your field. Right. Just a safe turning around in the field. <gasps> oh. Big damage in the land because it's just got so soft after that rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go up to the house? <laughs> yeah, shall we do that? You've got um, guests, I think. Oh. I think I saw Linda driving up. Your say. wife, right? And then I, th I, there were two guests who um, asked me if they could stay the night. I told them, ask Linda. Right. Is that did I do the right thing? Yeah. What's your name again? My name is Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be tighter. Tighter, it keeps anything from going into the in amongst the bales. Hmm. Is it a good harvest this year? Well, the amount of bales? Not that? really, no. It's very. It's a way down, about 50, well, the first fields are about 50% lower. 30? 50. Wow. And the rest, the ones that we got later, have made up for it a bit right now. But overall, it's like a lighter crop this year, but I think it's due to the very dry weather. The very cold late spring. And then we had that yeah. very hot weather, and the ground got so dry, it wasn't growing. That cane you're using to walk, it's very long. Yep. Is it for like boggy ground or how come it's yeah. so long? Just support because well you're on hill ground, you're on uneven ground. Mm. Start using it, it becomes a third leg.
And these, all these are your sheep, all the way to the sea. Because yep. I walked to the sea, I took the track here yes, this morning with Mick and Rutger. Down here. Yeah, down here, and we walked. And then right out to the exactly. face. Okay. But run of the whole hill. It's all open hill. Yeah, so these are the people who want to stay over there. Looks like they're leaving. It must have turned round. Mm. Hello, Linda. Oh, hi. Are they staying in the end? Are Those two? Yeah, they're going to sleep here. I didn't realize it was Where shall I go, in the, in in the kitchen? These, Linda, are for, with compliments from Mickey. Oh, wow. Are you fishing today? It's not, it's no. um, frozen. Oh, it's frozen? Yeah. Oh, wow, so lovely. I'm just going to stick it back in the freezer. Exactly, thing. you might want yeah, to put it I just took it out five oh, minutes ago. Oh, that's fine, dear. Okay, okay. I'll do that. I wanted to, I just told Linda, John, that we are... As we told you this morning when we met you with the sheep, um, we are curious to hear uh, stories from the locals who live here on the mill on how to how to thrive, you know, how to how to make life <laughs> happen here. And um, for me, the persons who take care of the land that's like the first ones to speak to. And since you're also such a close neighbor of Mick and Rutger, we thought it would be great if we could speak to the neighbors right so we're, we're speaking to you and tomorrow to judy uh, and we might also speak to jimmy right uh, because he has a, such a different approach oh, to yeah. things different from you right and um so maybe the i mean the first question is super super simple but this this word crofter it's a new word for me do you do you want to explain for me and also for the the listeners who will listen to this, like, what does this word crofter, well, what does it mean for you? It's known on the West Coast of, uh, with a person that owns or, or rents a small piece of land that's registered as croft land with the Crofters Commission. But there's some folk you know, who can buy the buy land and they call themselves crofters, but most folk, they've got to be um, approved by the Crofters Commission. Okay, there's a commission who approve, and on what grounds do they approve of you as a crafter or not? Well, mostly it's um, depend on how you, what you're going to do with the craft or how you're going to take it over. But usually, the it's a fair straightforward approval from from like father to son, or father to daughter, if it's been kept in the family. Yeah. But when it goes out or becomes sold, it becomes a different matter then. And that's the case for you, then also, that it's a family. This is a family, family. farm, yep. right? Second generation. Second generation, okay. And you grew up here as well? Yep, born and bred. <laughs> born and bred. <laughs> you were at school with Jimmy, am I correct? That's right, yeah. yeah. And then you both went your own, uh, own ways. No, well, we've never left. <laughs> we've stayed, still stayed local. 
but we went to school in the school just a mile out of Finneford, which is now closed. Okay. Is that the school that is now a community centre? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, we were there last uh, yesterday. night for the map uh, thing. Okay. That's where you went to school. That's where we went to school. How did you get there from here? Well, by, there was a, someone had the contract of taking us there by Land Rover because the, the, the road was pretty rough at that point. It wasn't owned by the council. Yeah. I had to maintain the road ourselves. Oh, yeah. So it was more like a dirt road or like well, a track? more or less like a dirt track. <laughs> that must have been fun, going on the Land Rover to yeah. school. Or did you not find it fun? No, I didn't find it fun, I don't think. <laughs> And um, what does your what does your uh, business today? I don't know if you even call it a business. Do you call it a business? Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, the government to recognise a business. Yeah, Tec- like in the legislation, it's a business. For you, I guess it's your work. Do you I call work, it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right now, I mean, you were working until the sunset and even beyond, to 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 take in the hay, and uh, they were in these black. They were bales. Wrapped, yeah, Bra- wrapped bales. Bales. Bales yeah. When did that start actually, the wrapping of these hail? It started, it was the salvation of the west coast of Scotland in these wet summers. Because everyone made hay. Okay. But the summer started getting wet and it was getting more difficult and difficult to make hay. So it must be about 30, between 30 and 40 years they started making the round balers come into the place. Yeah. Making so you could cut it if you had one dry day, you could cut it and just bale it right away. Yeah. Or to, to get the the fodder to feed the cattle in the winter. Yeah. How did you get all the machines on the to to do that work? Well, most folk have their own machinery, but when I started off when I came here over twenty years ago, I started contract baling. So the with the work I was getting, it helped to finance the. The baler and the wrapper that I've got now. Mm. I've given that up now. Was, with the bad summers, I was everyone was wanting the baler on the same day, and by the time we got round everyone, and then I, I was losing out myself. I wasn't getting my own crop. Yeah. So I gave it up. Mm. And so that that field you use for hay? Well, it's grass. It's grown grass. grass. Sorry, yeah, I shouldn't say field. Right. Well, right. the field is is the area that's fenced in. Yeah. And we go, the grass is grown in it. Yeah. <coughs> Some of the grounds needing ploughed now. It's getting old, the grass is getting old, and it's getting maybe non productive too. So it should really be ploughed and reseeded. And yeah. Because do you rotate? Like, do you change? Yeah, we should do, but we, well, because of the deer problem, we can't grow potatoes now or, or even the corn or that, barley. They, they just they ruin it. They ruin it like they come and they eat everything. They come in and it's just well, about this, the, the grain crops, they just strip the seeds off them oh, yeah. and then trample them down as well. And, what, and those all those bales that, you, that I saw stacked up, where do they go then? You sell them. Oh no, that goes to feed the cows. You, the, you need them for your own use. For my own use. Uh-huh. For your own use, okay. Yeah, because you've got, I saw the sheep, and I saw a cat, and I saw a goose, and I saw a dog. <laughs> but I didn't see the cows. Where are your cows? The cows are out, and on, on, actually on Jimmy's hill, they're summering out there. You send them there, we bring them there. Send them, well, they found their own way there this year, but usually send them there for the summer. What do you mean, they found their own way? 
Okay. We got through the fences and went on to Jimmy's because I've been there for the last few years now. So just when the, at the end of the winter when they were stopping to get fed in the sheds, they just suddenly decided it was time to go into summer pasture. <laughs> and they decided of their own. They decided their own this year, aye. They did. They didn't even know they could get through the fences. Wow. So they took us by surprise. But did they damage your fences? No, the fences were damaged. Or, or, well, I didn't realise. I know my own was damaged, but I didn't realise Jimmy's was damaged. Mm. And I've got a big area to roam about, a huge area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what about your sheep? How how does it work? Because so you're in a big frenzy right now. I know you have a little time because your lambs are going away on Tuesday. That's right, well, it's our harvest of the for, of our sheep season. This is the harvest. Moment. Harvest for selling the lambs. Okay. So, and then there'll be some old sheep will go away too, and then the, the new ones will come into the flock. And you sell the lambs for meat? or? You... Well, we sell them on, someone else will buy them and, and feed them on, bring them on, we'll either grow them and put more mm -hmm. uh, flesh or fat on them. Okay, so they start out their life here? On start the here. And then, and then they're they are sold and they go on, on the mainland? On to better pasture than here, richer right. pasture. Because the grass here is what it, it looks quite lush, but no, it's not. It's not as, as lush as, as it looks. It looks quite green and lush at the moment right now, but it's not got the the nutrients the nutrients to push them on. What do they need? The sheep? What kind of what what do they need to well, have? Well, this the uh, they use a lot the the breed we've got eat a lot of the heather as well, because it's a, there's a big lot of heather in the hill. It's not all grass or flowers. Or the mutton, they say it's, it flavours the mutton, heather, tasted mutton. Ah, you taste it actually in the meat? Well, it tastes, it gives a flavour of its own. Mm. Mm. Reminds me of a, a tradition I know in, in France. I've spent some time in France, in Bretagne, which is a pretty beautiful area. And there they cook the mutton in the peat. They oh. make like holes in the land and they make a kind of oven, right. like a kind of fire in the earth and uh -huh. that's where they cook the meat, also to flavour it. Right. Like they say it's really the best, the best is that. <laughs> and it's not, not mutton or lamb? I thought it was mutton. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think they even call it something like peat mutton peat or something. Mutton, no. <laughs> it's a delicacy there. Well, we had someone that was buying our lamb. And you don't do that here, I guess. Well, there's, well, no, we don't do it, but there's, I've known someone that was doing something like that with it. Buy, he was buying lamb from us. And also cooking it out in the fields. Cooked it outside somewhere. Yeah. Mm. So he obviously had that, that idea. <laughs> yeah. And how many sheep do you have? I've got, I don't know, we'll know after tomorrow, <laughs> 150 at the moment. 150. And they're all like around here on your different... How big is the land actually? It's about 420 farm? acres. Wow. Oh, that's big. I, think, I don't know what Jimmy, somewhere over a thousand acres, I think, his, his, his neighbouring bit, and then he's got Fijian as well. Because is the 420 acres one piece all connected or is it all patches? Well, it's all connected, but the arable ground where to get the silage is just fen it's fenced off separate. Yeah. And then there's a hill park beside that fenced off. <coughs> and then there's the boundary is fenced off. And then it's an open boundary along the sea, <coughs> along the shore. There's no fences there. 
No. Nothing to stop them wandering. Yeah, I think I walked there this summer. Right. Uh, this uh, this morning. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You would if you went down that bottom way, down towards Erid. It's yeah. all open, and Erid's the same. There's no. Yeah, the the narrow the passage. Narrow. It's all open. That to the both sides I are open. I think I saw your tractor traces there. You would. Uh, Did you drive there? <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, I was taking this, the lambs. I came off Erid last week. And how do you? Because you go there with the tractor. How do you uh, get them down? You have. Ch- Dogs that to, help you? Or? To, to gather the sheep in Erid. Yeah. We gather, well, the, the folk on Erid helped me as well. So they go out en masse and a big sort of, it's like a, a wheel. They go round one hub and then right out to the edge and then they sweep round the island like that. Sweep them in and that's the idea. Yeah. Sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> So we've we've heard a little bit about about where you are. You're number one, Magrolegut, uh-huh. <laughs> the last house before the open sea. Well, it was it was a farm. Magrolegut was a farm before it was divided up into three holdings. Uh-huh. So that's where we're number one. Number two is next door, Chererican, and Jimmy's number three. And before Magrolegut was one big farm. One big farm. And when did that happen then? When did it get after divided? It divided up after the Second World War for the ex-servicemen. Yeah. And who was the owner of, of the initial big farm? The big well, probably the Duke of Argyll. Yeah. And then the government took over then. It's got the agricultural yeah. government. I was walking on your, uh, on your yard here also this morning, and we met some uh, some hikers. I was wondering, because how does that work here? Like, people are allowed to pass through nope. your private yard? Oh, there's this right to roam, which is a, a pain. Right to roam. Right to roam. So the folk must right to roam and while you're camping, they think they can camp and roam through your land anywhere. But if they go through agricultural the crops are really supposed to walk along the fence sides, not walk through the middle of the crop. Of course, because the notice on your fence is quite clear. You know, this is not a wild camping. If uh, you stay, you no. pay, and then like, it's very clear. You know, there's no. They no... Don't, some folk can't read it though. No. No, no. They, they just... come here with expectation. Well, they just walk past you as if they own the land. If we challenge them, they just tell you that they're wild camping and walk past you, or some don't speak to you. One person passed me last year with a, a newspaper up at their face, like that. Walked straight past me. I don't know whether male or female, who it was. You still don't know who it was? No. Nope. He was a convict, hiding. <laughs> Ex-con. Linda is chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, I mean, I th- what I l- like about it, uh, the price is also very... Um, Five pounds, I think, you charge, right, to stay right, alive? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a very reasonable price. Well, you know, no, I mean, it's basic, sure, it's yep. basic, but... It's just overnight parking for them, really. Because How do people find you, because I... Like, you well, I don't know how they find us, it's just to see the notice there, or come to the end of the road and then realise that the ones that want to stay come and ask if they can stay. So yeah. most of the, the decent folk I'm going to ask. Yeah. 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 And 
Right, and we're getting to the end of all my questions. Huh? Well, I'm coming now from, I mean, it's, it's thanks to Mick and Rutger that I'm able to speak to you because they, they introduced us earlier today. How, do you still remember the moment when they uh, first arrived here, like five, six years ago? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, do, it's you remember, do you remember the first time you met them? Oh, yeah. But it's happened quite a few times over the last few years down there. There's been folk coming and going. In number two? Or? Not Billigan, aye. Or Not Farm, but it's known as now. It's actually been decrofted, so it's known as Not Billigan Farm. It was due to the folk that had it. It was actually Jimmy's brother was wanting to sell it, and it was the only way he could sell it. If you sell a croft as a registered croft and put someone in, a tenant in it, they could have the right croft at the right to buy the, to the, the croft off you at the 15 times the rent. So that they had to be decrofted. He was wanting to sell it, and then it, obviously it's not. There's no attraction to buy a croft. It's a good, but a tenant then that's going to buy it off you, fifteen times the rent. Mm. So it was decrofted and became known as Nutbilligan Farm. Yeah, and you're saying it happened a couple of times that people came over. The well, there's been quite a lot of folk from that have exited. Have decided they wanted to live there. Only some have lasted a very short time, so have lasted a few good few years. So What's very short? A few months, months. Not even a winter. No, I probably had one winter, maybe only the winter only, and then they were gone. And then gone. But so Mika and Rutger, they made they made it through five winters. Five, now? I think it is five Six. years. This is through now. the sixth winter coming up. Uh -huh. So, do you think they've? Um, what do you think? Do you think they've proven themselves? Well, they need to make a living. As long as they can make a living, they can't. They need money, some some income to survive. Well, it's different from what we're doing anyway. Yeah. Totally different. Totally different. Sitting yeah. in front of laptops. <laughs> <coughs> right. Well, surviving anyway. Thank you, John. Okay. Of use to you. Yeah, it was very, it was very interesting. In Search of the Pluriverse is part of the Travelling Academy, an initiative of Het Nieuwe Instituut in close partnership with the Consulate General in Istanbul and embassies in Germany, Morocco, Spain and the UK. The Travelling Academy brings together makers from these regions and the Netherlands to learn how formal and informal ways of knowing can support each other in tackling ecological, sociopolitical and spatial issues.